when I meet new people, I uh, introduce myself. Hey, I'm AJ. A uh, cool thing about me is I actually own two Philadelphia Union jerseys that do not have bimbo on the front. And people are, uh, generally um, don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, it is pretty interesting um, because they're like, why would a shirt say bimbo on the front? It's like, wow, how long do you got? Union Gold! Gold by AJ and Luke! The Goofy Brothers! Hey guys, Doopy Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I am up here in Philly, and it is episode 74. 74. October 15th, man. Middle of October. How about that? Um, tonight, we're going to cover two games, Montreal and D.C. We'll talk about some important stats from our season so far. Um, in honor of the debate that is not a debate tonight going on while we're recording, um, we'll talk about some debatable union topics that have happened over the years, and then we'll talk about what's coming up for the union uh, as we move forward. So let's go. Yeah. Um, Montreal, this was, this was a cool one. This was the first one that we were going to get to go to um, in general as fans. So we were able to get some tickets. And uh, even before the game, we were at the Larimer. Um, I just got to say, welcome back to uh, pregame anxiety. I don't know about you, but um, I definitely felt it sitting there drinking beer. I just kind of felt a little anxious no yeah definitely it's harder when you're when you know you're going to be watching the game live and everything and you know there's anxiety for other reasons too with that but i think um i think the union like organization handled that all like really well like it we felt like we felt pretty comfortable throughout the the game experience and you know obviously enjoyed the game even though the rain was was out that night but it wasn't terrible like but the protocols and everything felt pretty good um props to you for handling that like it's definitely not an easy thing to do and not something everyone's comfortable with but i i think it, it was as as good as it could be yeah i'd agree um yeah so hopefully everyone gets a chance to go experience a union game in person this year that was that was definitely good definitely didn't i, I personally didn't feel like i was in any danger i felt like that yeah they did a good job we even got to go into the club shop uh we, we each bought stuff, so that was cool. Got to support the, support the team. Um, but let's talk about the soccer. So it was a, a wet and rainy night. But, um, yeah, the union started. Uh, El Senio started. Craval started. Um, I wasn't exactly thrilled about those. But El Senio had himself a nice little game. Started off the game with an assist to Montero. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just nice little play. It's really... If you've seen one El Sino assist, you've seen this El Sino assist, cutting in from the outside and then slipping it behind the defender. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was sweet. I mean, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this same exact play before with either you know a Casper, a Sergio, a Brendan Aronson, a Bedoya. Um, this is very, very classic El Sino type play. It was awesome. Yeah, it's really funny after our last like regular episode. I know last week we we made put out a, a different one, but where you and I were talking, we talked about how much we were frustrated with Osino and thought Montero's form was where it should be, and 
we're we're back and we're uh we're gonna eat, eat some eat some crow as they say because they had a, they had a, they had a pretty performance in that. Yeah, Elcino held his own for what the sixty whatever minutes he played, and I think seventy two, seventy two minutes okay. in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'd say he held his own for probably about fifty of them. Yeah, um, that's fine. I mean, you know, um, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was good, and yeah, yeah, we definitely. It's nice that the players listen to the podcast and then they um, go out and want to prove to the Doopy brothers that they are worth all the money that we're paying them because right. those are two of the more expensive players on the squad. Um, uh, and that, so, yeah, like, that that first goal is pretty crucial because the first half, Montreal got the best of it because I don't know, like you, like Union started off pretty well, and then Montreal got, but once they got settled in, they they feel like they had better possession the first half. So getting that that goal like, like kind of against the run of play was was pretty crucial because. I don't know. Montmartre is like a tricky team, so you know, keeping them lingering and and, and not capitalize on, on chances that, that could, you know, the result could really turn against them. But that first half goal, I feel like that's crucial. And that really helped, you yeah. know, settle Union and yeah. be like, okay, this is we're up a we're up a goal, we can get this result, and they know how to do that. And so that was good. Yeah, I'd say uh, both of the games that we're kind of talking about tonight. I would say neither of them were like dominant performances by the union that you would look at that team and say yeah they're definitely one of the best teams in the in the league but um what good teams do is not lose and we didn't lose either game um so then we, we get into the second half and obviously uh aronson plays el senior through who finds santos who would just come on and he kind of like trips the ball into the goal which is kind of a funny finish yeah um but yeah so then, like... then once you get two goals it's it's you're feeling good because uh, even though Montreal came down and scored, and that was a good player who scored. I like their their number fourteen. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like we were going to lose that game, even even when Montreal was playing well. Between all of our defenders and just being at home in front of fans, it was almost just like like you're not going to lose this game. Like you got fans in the stadium for the first time. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say we definitely are missing El Brujo and the goal that they scored kind of came from his sweet spot just in front of the defense there. I think El Brujo will have had a nice fun battle with that guy, number 14. Um, Mm -hmm. But hopefully he's having fun doing his thing with the uh, Venezuelans. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I definitely agree that it it was a game that you didn't work at least because of like, being at home and and the way they got they got their goals, I feel like that's just like a sign of like this, they're just that good of a team, and we saw that last year. We like we kind they kind of continue this like okay when they're when they have a lead and they're at home in front of fans they know what to do and you can kind of sense that and, and maybe they were doing that more so without fans but like it's cool when you're in the stadium you you can get, you're, you kind of have a more of a feel for the game obviously and it's like you can feel like okay this team is confident and they're gonna win. I, I think one one player I really want to shout out is uh, Rickenzie because holy crap, he's such a good defender. It's incredible to watch him live and see his decision making and his like he, he knows exactly how to handle a attacker like in, in any position. And it's and it's so fun to watch and yeah, man, he is just so good. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, 
obviously, like, Aronson's gotten a, a lot more attention this year with a potential move, but say McKenzie looks more polished of the two, more of a player who, if a team overseas picks him up, I can see him getting minutes before Aronson. Because, um, yeah, he just seems to have it all right now. Uh, very calm, too. Never looks panicked. Maybe that's just his way about him, but the dude is as calm as you know what. And um, let's take let's take that into where he took us to the playoffs, the DC game last night. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was so frustrating because it's like a team we obviously handled them really easily in, in the previous uh, game with them, and I know that game they had even more injury problems than they did this game, you know, and they still had injury problems in this game. And it, it still felt like a game we should have just easily handled. But, you know, I feel like DC credits the DC because they really, to the Union, like they didn't, they weren't like a, you know, world-class team, but they really made it difficult for the Union. And we've seen like teams like Cincinnati do that and in, in that in that other draw. So they just, they knew how to disrupt the Union well enough to just from doing what the Union do best. So, you know, it's, it was frustrating to watch, but it's also like you have to understand. Like, isn't it, I don't, I don't want to the union as much as giving credit to the to DC for this game. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I still, yeah, just to go back to the El Brujo, I think the team is missing him a lot. Just the energy, the the kind of bite. Um, it almost seems like we're just kind of in a little bit of a lull right now while he's not here. And I know you can't always rely on him. Um, think about Bedoya kind of as a guy like that. Like, obviously, he's older, a little slower, likes to slide tackle a lot. But he might be, uh, in a positive way, like trying to provide that bite, even if it's the different kind. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different than what El Brujo is bringing, buzzing around the field. But kind of, you know found a guy knocking him off uh obviously he's collected i guess that's what his 10th yellow of the year so he's missing his second game due to yellow card accumulation which is kind of kind of annoying but at the same time if he's not doing it, so if el brujo's out and bedoya's not knocking guys around and earning some yellows who's left to get a yellow i mean i guess montero sometimes will make a dumb foul or a foul that earns him a yellow but mm. there aren't many guys out there who are gonna I don't know. I feel like pick the team up and um, whether it's verbally or with a, just like a boost of energy. Um, so yeah, Bedoya. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him at the eight wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't the best choice, but it's also like if Creval, like Creval was out too. So it, and why they didn't want to do the uh, Bedoya Montero, like, Four two three one. Put that, but like kind of both defensive midfielders. I liked how that looked, and then having like Antos as and Aaronson as wingers. I feel like that like worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I really don't mind that. Game... I don't mind that lineup at all. I feel yeah. like you've got a lot of um danger in that front four. All four guys have scored lots of goals this year, and then in the back, I mean behind them, you've got Bedoya and Montero. Like that's a very very solid midfield as far as covering for when El Brujo is not here. Yeah, and then that's basically, like, it's it was the same players in, in, in both those lineups, but, like, so it could shift to that even if it's not, like, what we see in the graphic. But I don't know. This game, it definitely felt like it was Bedoya a lot trying to cover that 
ground that Baru doesn't. He just doesn't have that as much. And so it, it, it definitely didn't help. And I, yeah, I don't, I, I can't pick, like pinpoint exactly what DC did to make that so difficult for the Union, but Bedoya's ability to cover that ground definitely was, was a factor. Yeah, I mean, they, they pressed, they, they didn't get, like, guys, like, kind of turn as easy as we would want, um, mm-hmm. knocking some of our players off the ball. DC came out to play, and they, they were trying to, right now, they're, they've got that little, our coach was just fired, we got to play for the guy and kind of earn our spot mentality, so you're always going to get teams kind of playing a little, little rougher and kind of knock the union off their, their style. Um yeah, so so Fontana got the goal, which was awesome. We love Font the Font Man. Yeah, and it was uh, his birthday, twenty first birthday. So that's as you know, number twenty one getting the, the goal on his twenty first birthday. That's pretty cool. You know, he's had a great I did year. Have a so dream the night before that. that he was going to have two. So I got really excited, and I have a text to a buddy that says that. I'm not just saying it. Um, but I texted Tom saying like, "Yo, I had a dream. Fontana has two, and that's all. He scored one, and I was like, holy crap, like." I can't wait to find out what I dream about next. Um, yeah, maybe Karen should have kept him on. Yeah, I, and and that's that's my main criticism right now is that my yeah. dreams didn't come true. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is cool. Uh, yeah, Fontana, man, he is, yeah, just popping yeah, up um, in the right spots. I mean, he when he gets the ball, he's got a super powerful shot, gets it off really quick, and then he's also making runs in the box, finding himself in the right spot. He's very involved. Very involved in the offense. Um, you wrote then, two I'm, annoying DC goals. Yeah. So after that, like obviously that's when DC scored their goals, and they were pretty close together, um, barring time to like check the the PK and all that. Um, it was super frustrating because the first goal, uh, corner kick, Donovan Pines gets his his head on it, and I, I'm pretty sure it was he was Elliot's man. And I like was able to like kind of create a little pick and get to get some space, but it was it was like just too easy of a header, and it's just frustrating yeah. because DC wasn't getting a lot of chances. Like as you know, we were giving credit, but like offensively, they really didn't have too much. And aside from like corner kicks and stuff, they they weren't going to score. It felt like, but, uh, you know, that's frustrating. And obviously, the Union have had some some problems covering corner kicks in, in this this season, so. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. No, it's just frustrating to see that, that happen. And then... You know what frustrates me? Um, and it's just just since you're talking about the word frustrating, is when, I think this was the 41st, 42nd minute. I don't, um, so we're going a little backwards. But when there's a foul at the top of the box, and, and it, it took so long to figure out, was it in the box or was it not in the box? And if I remember correctly... Um, the ref never even never even went to go over to look at it, but it was all just getting radioed into his ear. Like, I mean, I watched the game on uh, recording, so I was kind of fast forwarding a little bit. But as someone who was watching it live, did it feel as long as it seemed as me like being able to record? Like, I could not believe that was not until the forty fifth minute when that free kick was taken. Yeah, that that was weird, and like we have VAR, just go over and look, like. Whisper into the guy's ear, hey, it's a close call. Go look at it. Or, yeah. hey, Stan, put your finger on your ear. Let me look at it, and I'll tell you in 30 seconds. Like, I don't get this whole 
let us have a conversation in your ear for three minutes and you don't you're not going to go look at it let us look at it but it's going to take us a long time like i it's you know i don't like var like that that stuff is just so if you're not a soccer fan i like uh, you'd probably just be like what, what are they doing why aren't they playing the game and i, I don't know it's just dumb all right yeah. that's my frustration all right going next I mean, with the pk pk so more really frustration good. and it was a Bedoya handball, and honestly, it's pro- it, it was a handball. Like, I, I could, I don't know. I guess I could see both ways that like he really had nowhere else to put his arm, but it was, it was like out enough. It contacted his hand, his arm enough for it to like be pretty, pretty much a, a, an easy call or like a callable PK. I, I mean, that's just frustrating, and I don't really understand the what the yellow was for because it shouldn't have been for the for the cards. So maybe Bedoya was saying some stuff. It was really weird in that sequence that the cameras were not covering anything and just going really zoomed in on the ref talking and like up certain player or whatever. So I didn't we didn't really get a good picture of what actually potentially caused that. Um, I, I don't know. It says the disciplinary was for a handball. Does that that doesn't really doesn't make sense though. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's not that far off to give someone a yellow card for a handball in the box that and a PK okay. blocking a shot. I don't, I don't know. Okay, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So then they score off a PK, and now we're down two one against a team that we should not be. Yeah, that position. that's frustrating. So, that's like, frustrating. come on, man. Like, you you're and, gonna let this be a game that you're going to not, you know, assert yourselves on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we certainly were not asserting ourselves. But then good things happen because central defenders are awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mark McKenzie, holy crap. He put a hole in the net. It felt like he, his, he like, I still think Lesnar's shot was better and harder, but like that shot was, holy crap, one of the best goals that we've seen this whole season. And even if, even if it was deflected a little bit, like he struck that so well and, Excited for him to get his first goal, and especially in that in that situation. Uh, so that was a really great redeeming factor from this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't want to brag. I don't want to put put make this about me. But last night I had a game as well. I was playing in the back, and a similar play on a corner ball comes rolling out to me, and man, I cranked this thing, and I, it went so far into the other field. Uh, I mean. <laughs> The other game, someone on the other field had to kick it back to us. But, man, I uh, – so it wasn't the same. But <laughs> I kicked the soccer ball hard, too. It wasn't yeah, actually no. that hard. I just really messed it up. Um, anyway, so we got a point out of that game on the road. Again, and something to remember, like, points on the road, uh, that, that's that's awesome. Like, not – like, yeah, we were like, oh, come on, you got to beat DC. But, again, in MLS, we're getting a point on the road. Got to appreciate that. Um, we've got another road game coming up on Monday, a little Monday night footy. But we got the playoffs clinched. So how about that? Can't finish lower than 10th place in uh, the Eastern Conference. So yeah. from here on out, these just start resting players, right? Let's just settle for 10. Sure. How do you how do you feel about like us clinching the playoffs? Were you excited by that? Like by when you saw that? Um, I guess I don't really care. I mean, like it. It. it I mean, I Sorry, care I obviously, but like. Uh, yeah play. like we were we were we knew we were gonna make the playoffs like we knew like we're at that point where like and obviously in this year when there's 10 teams making the playoffs it's like yeah we were gonna make the playoffs like i don't think that was really a question yeah if you look at the teams who are below the line um 
yeah like we're not we're not in that category yeah. uh and but, i don't want us I, I don't know i mean as long yeah yeah so yeah i, I get what you're saying like cool cool you got yeah, like, up a graphic with the lightning bolt with jack elliott coming through saying playoffs right but you could have put that up like a month ago and been like yo we're going to the playoffs just like prepare yourselves like half the teams can say that right now and it's probably like probably accurate um, well, yeah, because half the teams really do make the playoffs, right? No, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool that we're the second team to make can make the playoffs and that are this early. So there's, you know, merit to that that we were we're that uh, everyone else. So that's cool. We're still second and supporter shield even after this tie because of Toronto and, and Columbus results, which made the the tie a little bit sour for us and that seeing that we could have. Uh, on those on those drop points from the other games and you know mm-hmm. moved a little bit closer to Toronto but like you said it's still a road point going to playoffs not much we can you know complaining is more like nitpicking at this point for this yeah. game yeah yeah for sure for sure which is we're um, good at that we can do that all night but you know yeah and and I don't think anyone understands how the playoffs are going to work at this point still but I mean people do but I don't so um yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about with that DC game? Now let's let's take a break. All right. Well, before we got to, well, well, we got to do Union Best, Union Worst. We just talked about uh, two games. Union Best, Union Worst. Come on, bro. Don't okay. forget from tradition. Games. Both games. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Two games. Union Best, Union Worst. Um, let's go. Let's go worst first. Who would you say your Union Worst was? Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go with Casper. Mm, yeah. um, he hasn't been doing too much. He hasn't had a goal in like five games or something. They said, and you know he's just not involved enough, which is frustrating from your kind of lead striker. So that'd yeah, be my guy. yeah, I was gonna yeah. Um, I was gonna say Sergio, but I guess he did score. Uh, I, I guess I don't really have a player to say worst. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, whoever you say is going to end up like lighting it up the next week. Like, uh, yeah, I so. guess, I guess. I mean, I was going to say Aronson didn't do much during the Montreal game, um, but then against DC, just looking at his stats, he had like whatever, like thirty-five passes or something. Um, and he the the second Montreal goal. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm Bezo. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's go wor- uh, best. Let's go best. Okay. I've got I've got two, so I know who I'm gonna, or I know I'll at least have someone for you. You 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 say it first though. Ah, darn. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll go the guy who's probably still drunk right now, Mister Font, the Font Man, <laughs> Fontana. I love right. it, man. Score All yourself right. a goal and turn twenty-one. How yeah. about that? Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty easy. All right, I would I'm gonna go Montero, more okay. so because of how he played in the Montreal Montreal game because he was that was such a good game. But I, I need he was I guess fine in, in DC his the DC game. But the way he showed up in that game was was really exciting to see because that's well kind of the guy we've been we've been we were kind of like waiting for you and you and I were saying that this is that's the guy that. We we paid paid money for so it's good to see yeah. that and hope we'll see more of that the rest of the season from him. For he, sure, he might, he, I like that one. I was also gonna say uh, 
Mr. Mark McKenzie scoring yep. your first professional goal. That's pretty sick, man. That's awesome. And the way he did it, it wasn't just like, you know, a header or something, you know, as a defender, lots of times they score a header and that's exciting and stuff, but to hit a banger like that, that's, that's what you, that's what you dream of. Hit a, yeah, hit a banger past, uh, Chris Seitz. Uh, I think that, I know, actually, I'm going I'm to save this and, and bring it into our next segment because let's take a break and then I'll bring that into the next segment. I, I had something I want to say, but I'll save it. All right, there's a tease for you. All right, guys, come back after this break. Uh, we'll talk about some stats and uh, union debatable topics. So come back after this. Hey, guys, Stupid Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. AJ and Luke here. Thanks for listening. You guys are cooler than the people who are not listening. Um, so... Luke, uh, you've got some stats, I've got some stats, and then I've got some questions. So go ahead, you, you talk about your stats, I'll react, and then um, I'll tell you some stuff too. Yeah, so the one stat that I awkwardly stopped saying in the first yeah, segment was <laughs> this one, one after um, Mark, Mc, uh, based off of Mark McKenzie's goal. So I feel pretty cool, feels pretty cool. The Union have scored uh, MLSI 10 goals from outside the box this season, and Mark McKenzie is the eighth different Union player to score from outside the, the box. Wow! That's, so that's that's and that's the highest in the league. I mean, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, ten. So that's that's pretty good. And then, like looking back, like yeah, we've had a lot of goals like that, and it's been a uh, you know so exciting, a lot of bangers to, that that we're getting from the union. So that that's, that makes sense. But yeah, it's pretty cool that, that they're leading the league in, in that one. It's cool because it's not exactly something I think of when I think of like the union that like they're a team that is banging in shots with like players who can really crank them from outside so that's pretty cool that's a good stat okay i like that one the one kind of second to that is you need to have this second highest goal differential in the league so who are they like, let's see who are they just behind do you want to say a guess um i originally was going to say lafc but i see it's not them because the they sounders. Come up one. yeah it's the sounders and that's like something like the union have like have been like high in, in the rank and like standings, you know, at, at times before. So we've been at this kind of like second in the East, second in the overall kind of place before. Um, but like being that high, that high in goal differential, I feel like we were, we've never been at that spot. And you have like the highest goals scored in the Eastern Conference, and that's a, that's another set that I feel like is not one that you think about for the union. You know, you don't think the union are high scoring team or team that. When they're playing well, they're kind of scrapping out results, and it's more of a defensive collective team effort, not a you know high scoring kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and that goal differential, I'd say, I mean, it's not like it's not like we're far and away the highest goal scoring team, but the goals against is also very low, only giving up sixteen on the year, sixteen mm -hmm. and eighteen games. Um, so less than a goal a game is pretty impressive. Um. And, and yeah, so that's gonna kind of build your goal differential there. That, yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. Good stat. Good stat. Yeah. All right, I got one more, and then you you, you can take it away. Right. Um, this is one credit to Matt to George. Uh, it's really not another really cool one. So the Union Homegrowns have scored nine of the last twenty goals um, this season, and they have only had eleven goals scored in the in the previous ten seasons. Like kind oh. of a wild. Like, there's a little bit of disclaimer because, like, this academy took a while to build and all that. Oh, okay, okay, I see. So, 11 goals were scored in the first 10 years, and then this year we've had nine in the past, of the last 20. I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah it's, 
it's you you know like there's you know obviously disclaimer, but it's still really cool and it shows just how impactful the, is the homegrooms are to this really really good union team. Yeah, which is yeah, for sure. Exciting. Um, and to build on that, so goals scored this year because I was doing a little, little thinking about the goals scored and um, basically after last night having like two homegrown score, you kind of kind of get to thinking, um, where are the goals coming from on this team? So like Casper's got seven, Fontana five, um. Aronson four, Santos four, El Senio three, Bedoya one, three, and then you got a crop all with one. Montero, Real, Mackenzie, Wagner, Glesnes, and Elliot, they all have one. So I was thinking, out of, we've scored 32 goals this year, um, 11 of them have come from homegrowns, which is really cool. Uh, and then a, another one has come from a draft pick. So, um, yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. Um, and then another thing is I was kind of writing out those goals. You know how many goals have come from defenders? I mean, I, I guess you're looking at a table that I wrote it all out on, but the answer is five. We've had five defensive goals, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Five defenders who have scored Elliot, Glesnes, Wagner. I included Real yeah. and uh, McKenzie. So um, all, all five defenders have scored. The only defenders who haven't scored would be... Uh, you know, and Baizo and the old man Ray Gaddis. Yeah. I guess really in Colin if you're gonna count him in that crew. Um but then looking at like breaking it down more by position, just in general terms of midfield and forward, our midfields midfielders have outscored our forwards. We've had sixteen goals from midfielders and only eleven from forwards. Um and so those eleven are just split between two guys, Casper and Santos. Uh, and obviously there's a lot more midfielders, but oh, that was kind of interesting. Homegrowns have scored 11 goals total. We've had five defenders score. Midfielders have outscored our forwards. Um, but yeah, obviously there's more midfielders playing than forwards. Um, assists. So I'm not going to go through the whole list, but um, we've had 31 assists recorded on the year. Do you know how many have come from homegrowns in that category? Um. Eight. Nine. Nine. Eight. So, yeah. So, again, just showing the homegrown uh, production. So, 11 goals scored, nine assists. That's that's a lot of production from your homegrowns um, and your academy. Hmm. Um, and then kind of the last thing I kind of looked at, uh, Ray Gaddis is on that list of assists, by the way. So, um, got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, yeah, so congrats, Ray Gaddis. <laughs> And then in shots, I'm not sure what I make of this, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think it's all kind of normal, but there's some some outliers here. So I'm going to just list how many shots the players have been recorded. So Casper's taken the most with 36 shots. Behind him was Brendan Aronson, 29. So that's what you kind of expect. And then uh, behind him was Sergio Santos. So you've got two forwards and your 10. So they have the most shots. That makes sense. Right behind those guys, just moving back, Bedoya, 24 and Jamiro 24. Um, at first, I was like, kind of annoyed that Sergio and Bedoya have taken the same amount of shots because it seems like, I, I don't know, I just feel like Bedoya's shot is uh, not, like, every once in a while he hits one, but not enough um, to be taking as many shots as a striker. But that also might be Santos not taking enough shots. Um, 
Jameer's taken 20 shots. I wouldn't say too many of them have been too impressive. El Brujo has had 15, which I thought was seemed more than expected, but he's he's cranked a few. Here's here's one that kind of jumps out at me. The next three are going to jump out at me. Um, Fontana's only taken 14 shots. He has five goals. So that's a pretty good rate. What? That's a pretty good rate. What'd you say? That's a pretty good rate. Goals in 14. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I and I wouldn't be surprised if he took 14 shots last night for his birthday. Um, Mark McKenzie has 10 shots. Kind of, kind of interesting. Kind of uh, cool. Uh, there's a bunch that I didn't really think were interesting, but then here's one. Vooten only has three shots taken, three recorded yeah. shots, and that's in 411 minutes. So a striker, if you break down that 411 into like games, you're looking at what three, four, four and a half games. So in essentially four and a half games of playing soccer, Vooten has taken three shots as a striker. Um, so I think I think we're all on the same page with that one. It's just, it's just okay. not there. Weirdly, he does have the second most assists. He's tied with Jameer on that, but I think that's just the ball bouncing off of him to <laughs> someone who scores. Yeah. Um, any response to any of that? Uh, or are you just proud of me for doing that? No. You know, getting stats, making an old table, and that's, that's you know, good job. No, that, that is cool. It's cool to, like, see that breakdown, and, and it kind of shows with all this success with, like, a lot of all these goals scored, it's it's cool to see how spread around and you know, balanced his team is, which makes sense because we don't like we don't have a you know superstar striker. We don't have like a you know there's big name players, so it's cool. It, you know, it makes sense to see it broken down like this, but it's it's cool to see how it, how well rounded this team is, kind of. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, it would be cool though if we did have a striker who, you know. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely you know, her and yeah. On a side note, it's we get Corey Burke back, and I was gonna, you know, maybe make make this up a little later, but we can jump into that. Corey Burke yeah. is gonna be potentially the Revs game. That's all that's like. I think that's probably a a slim chance, but he's you know back and he's you know training. I think it was like individual training, but he's sooner than later. So that's really good sign if. If I think just to get some fresh legs, you know, yeah. he's, every team is tired and getting a guy like him coming in fresh, that's doesn't hurt. And he's a guy that can really bring the energy and speed and strength. And, you know, he has a knack for goals. So like, that's, you know, hopefully he can, he's not too rusty and he can, you know, impact. So it's, it's cool that he's back and he's, you know, he's been, I'd say he's kind of a fan favorite uh, with his, with this time, so I, I think that it, it should be a pretty good addition. Yeah, and I, I feel like after all he's been through with kind of getting the boot and just everything weird that's kind of gone on with his, uh, you know, past year, year and a half, however long it's been, um, I feel like everyone's going to be rooting for him to get for back sure. out there for the U and put some balls in the net. Um, so yeah, that is, that is exciting and hopefully a good sign of things to come for the Union. And uh, yeah, maybe put a little more pressure on Vooten to shoot the ball more or pack his bags. I don't. I don't know. I think <laughs> one of those is more likely than the other. Yeah. All right. So 
tonight there was supposed to be a presidential debate. Um, all things went fantastic, of course, so they're not doing that. Uh, I wonder how it's going, but I guess I really don't care. Um, so let's. I made a list of the top ten, and you can agree or disagree. I don't care. The only difference is I'll be right. Um, <laughs> about union fan debates, debates that have happened over the years. Uh, as a union fan, I'm sure I'm missing some. A lot will be a little more a little recency bias. I'm sure. Um, I might I might ask your opinion on one or two as we go down the list. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Cool. So the number ten, uh, top ten union fan debates has been which doopy brother has the worst takes uh you would argue that it's you i would argue that it's me i think matt ralph would argue that uh he regrets ever signing us up. no just kidding just kidding um it's you all right number nine out of all 1900 union podcasts that are out there which do you listen to first okay luke just curious do you have a favorite one other than Aaron? Um, you know, I'd go with Sons of Ben podcast. They always have the best guests, and you know, they're fun. Yeah, they didn't uh, just just gotta say they didn't follow uh, podcast protocol where you grind and grind and then hope to get a, a good guest a, like a Charlie Lyon second or third year. They they really just were able to pull strings and get some high level guests right away, and uh, you know, jump into the front of the line. Must be nice. Must be nice, guys. Um, but no, yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy all three points. I always feel like they bring like a different perspective or a different idea to a similar topic. Like, I, I don't know. I always think like, Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, there's a, a lot of good ones. Of course, everybody knows lots of good union podcasts. And if you don't know, and you're only listening to us, then, uh, I'm not going to tell you any others. Keep giving us those listens. Number eight, this one has not been so much of a debate over the past year or two, but before that, I would say it was a major debate. Jim Curtin is a good coach. And to go with that, Jim Curtin's name has an A in it. <laughs> the other thing, Jim Curtain, because of autocorrect. Um, but yeah, I'd say now everyone's kind of happy with him. Jimothy? Number seven, this is uh, one that I always was felt pretty strongly about, and people felt very strongly on the other side. Roland Alberg was a good union player. Um, I'd say he had his moments, but I was very happy and fine to see him go. Um, yeah. I feel like that debate kind of turned into Mark or Marco Fabian, too. Um, yeah, with, when, and, when and he, I almost came. put him on this list, too, but he did not make it. He would have been, like, first one out. Yeah, yeah, but they're like had a similar type vibe, and and uh, yeah, there's there's some sides on on there for those guys. Yeah, just lazy and just wanted to score um, delicious goals, but didn't want to do anything else. All uh -huh. right, um, but that's just my one guy's opinion. Number six on the top ten union fan debates, according to AJ, uh, Ernie Stewart. Basically, just his tenure. Um, let's say while he was was in charge as sporting director results always weren't the best and he also didn't exactly respond the best to poor results um but then you kind of see a lot of the fruits of his labors on the back end here so uh it's a little bit up for debate and there's a little bit of debate about that and talk about that in the brotherly game slack um so it's cool hearing hearing them number five we're in the top five Ray Gaddis. Ray Gaddis. Where does he belong in union history lore? 
the old right back, old dependable. But, um, yeah, th- does he get a Ring of Honor spot? What do you think? Ring of Honor, I, yes or no? I think so. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear with his tenure. And he's, and he's this year, he's even, like, played, like, a, a good right back on a good right on a good team, so I, I don't. I think he's 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 earned it, or he will earn it at least by the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Like a fine wine, like a fine wine. Um, do you think so? When he's healthy, he gets a starting starting spot back, right? Yes, I think so. That makes pretty clear, especially after the way he was playing the past couple games. Not super uh, convincing, so I would I I'd like to have get Ray back. There you go. There you go. Um, does he start next year? Regattis? Yeah. No, like I it's it's tough to see who's could outseed him. Like we thought it could have been Beza and I don't know, I still still I still feel comfortable with Reg even next year. It's not that old. Um and I don't know, like Nate, Nathan Harriel could be could guy, but I think he still is a year or two off, so I don't know. Do you know how old Ray Gaddis is? No, but I don't think he's that like how do you know? Yeah, I just looked it up. He's uh forty six. Forty six years old. <laughs> okay. I know, I believe that. Uh, oh, actually, sorry, I read that wrong. It's a three and a zero. 30. 30. So he is over the hill, technically, for people who think 30 is over the hill. Um, I'm one of them. So, yeah, he's he'll, he'll be as slow as I am very shortly. All right, back to the debate. Number four union fan debate would be money, money ball for spending money. So what's the right way the union should be run? Should they spend money or continue playing Moneyball, finding guys who they can get for under about under three million dollars, try to fill out the team and like that? Uh, I think I think we we've I feel like right now we've kind of got a pretty nice medium, a little bit in the middle, but I think in my opinion I think I would still like to see a five million dollar striker. You know that, that's just me. Like get a I don't know. Like Luis Suarez, if he was not happy um, at Barcelona, why weren't we in that hunt? But, you know, that's just me. That's just me asking for that. Uh, Messi, like, could we spend a little bit of money? Um, do you have anything to say about that one? I, I just, I don't know if that's as much of a debate. I feel like people want to spend more money. I, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's harder to argue against that. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. All right, wrong. Okay. Number three. This, this seems to come up uh, every year. Um, bimbo, bimbo. Does it matter? Does it matter that a jersey says bimbo? Um, I'm I'm in the strong anti-bimbo category. In fact, I when I meet new people, I uh, introduce myself. Hey, I'm AJ. A uh, cool thing about me is I actually own two Philadelphia Union jerseys that do not have bimbo on the front, and people are, uh, generally um, don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, it is pretty interesting um, because they're like, why would a shirt say bimbo on the front? It's like, wow, how long do you got? Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a that's a pretty big debate every year. Yeah. Um, number two union fan debate is the stadium site, Chester versus in the city. Um, yeah, we uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's all pretty obvious on that one. I'm okay as a person who now lives in the city of Philly. Um, I. My my take is that it, it was pretty easy at the stadium. And yeah. I know, you know, there's probably a disclaimer with traffic being way easier <laughs> yeah, because of the pandemic, but okay. but it's still like, it, it didn't feel too far. I, 
No, I, I, I was. Yeah, I mean, it could obviously it? could be closer. It was. It took me about thirty minutes. Okay, so just so you know, if you want to find where Luke lives, go to the stadium, then drive thirty minutes away, and you're at his place. Um, that works. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. That's that's cool to have some inside knowledge. Oh snap! I'm going to use that a lot. I'm going to always hit you up for inside knowledge on uh, Chester versus City debates. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know there's like I'm sure this is more difficult for other people in other places, and I definitely don't want to be the the only one saying that because I drove to the stadium once in a, during a pandemic. So yeah, know. I guess you also <laughs> have a car, and so that's what yeah. uh, our friend or our dad's friend, but I'd say he's our friend too. Chris, um, he was saying he had he was waiting for an Uber. He took an Uber in, so um, and he said riding the train. Uh, over the word, how did he describe riding a train? Do you remember? Mm, scary, maybe scary, terrible, awful. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if that's something I'm gonna try, but it, it'd be good if they have a more some more reliable way means to get to the stadium. But yeah, we don't have to dive into that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, that was number two, and the number one union fan debate and i would say this is more of a kind of more of just a general soccer debate for every team every uh club um jersey designs every year new jerseys released everyone hates it and everyone loves it so that's just uh jersey culture um yeah i would say even with like a, a team like ford madison you get people who love it people who hate it um yeah what do you think of my list man pretty good debate yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Any any did I miss? I should should have prepped you with prefaced it with. Um, it, I think that that's pretty much it. I can't. Nothing else jumps to mind. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty like big ones. Cool. If you have any other union debates, throw them at Luke on Twitter at uh Dookie Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, Dookie Brothers. That's a Duke, That's the that's a handle. All right. Um, yeah, let's get into, so Monday night, we got some Monday night footy coming our way. Uh, yeah. Um, what are we going to do? There's no Bedoya, no Martinez. Is Craval for sure out or you think he's out? Oh, well, he was out the, the DC game. So he's, I don't know, like he still could have an injury. So that I hope maybe he could be an option for, or at least bench for, or something for, uh, the Revs game, but. Some, it's pretty slim pickings for the defensive mid, and I know they're in Mr. Sexy season that we have yet to see, but I, I, I honestly I don't think he's going to start. So it's going to be interesting what Curtin does. My guess is um, if Glezis is, is cleared and back, um, then maybe Jack Elliott would jump into that number six spot. That could be fun. could be interesting. He says Jack Elliott could play any position on the field. So, you know, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I weirdly, I think that is probably the highest likelihood. Um, and it's almost like terrible to say, like, but it just seems to be the way it's going for um, sexy season and the six. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. Um, do you go like, do you, do you go Jack and like a Cole Turner? Just like double up, give them double protection. Um, I mean, I guess you gotta bring Colin in to be on the bench, and uh, but then I guess if a center back goes down, you just throw Jack back and throw another midfielder in. Yeah, it's, right. there's some there's some interesting stuff there. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, there, is there a way to play three in the back and then you not really have, and maybe you could keep like Montero, Aronson, or like Fontana in the like in the middle of that like five midfield role, and then kind of have like Wagner and Bezo pushed up, like that. So it's it's kind of like you're playing Jack, but as like three three center backs you could kind of do something that you could do something you could do that like i know current has mentioned like there's a chance we see three center back lineup and like i feel like you could, you could probably pull it off in this game yeah yeah i uh yeah i see what you're saying it's it's all about that like spacing between those front guys and the back guys like right you have a big gap there for a guy like carlos heel and um some of those he's, other he's still out uh, yes. right he's still out i'm pretty sure okay um, but yeah, I, and I did hear like, uh, the Reds are playing good last time. I, I think we were out coached by Bruce. Um, so this is going to be a good test for, uh, Mr. Jim Curtan. See what, what he can come up with, how he can get his players up for this game. Cause it's also going to be a weird game plan on Monday. Uh, is, is that weird? I feel like we're past this in this, in this season. So I think there, that's not the weird part. I, I just hope uh, Fontana's sober by then. Guy's still drinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like, it should be a competitive game. Like, I know we played the Revs a billion times this year, but they they won their past two, and it seemed to be, like, on the, on the, on the, on the rise in their form, and they're only fifth in the, in the conference, so. And not that, like, we're going to be, like, jostling in, in standings with, but, like, I mean, potentially, I guess it, it could turn that way, but. Yeah, they're they're definitely a solid team. So this is gonna be like the toughest time we play them, if that makes sense. The way they're like their trajectory is going. Yeah, and it, I mean, just in general, it's like tough to beat a team. I mean, what? what how many times have we play them? Nine times this year, and so it's always tough Feels to like beat it. a team that many times. And then also with our the way our lineup is without you know Brujo Bedoya, this is a pretty tough test and going to be a unique lineup whatever it is so yeah this i mean this is is concerning this is why you know when bedoya that that handball uh, yellow card like that was concerning not just for the dc game but i was like holy crap looking looking ahead like this is not good i know like when jp or, or tommy mentioned that bedoya was on like uh yellow card warning i was like oh crap this is huge with 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 brujo's um you know, still being out, so that's yeah, it's up well with this game. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, you kind of knew where that was going because yeah, just yeah, I mean, Bedoya just he's good for a yellow every game, and unfortunately, yellow every game is not gonna not gonna <laughs> do great for you. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's I don't know, we'll get to predictions before the before the end of the. Uh, episode i see our like previous predictions i don't know what game this is for um so u2 not gonna be in usl anything to say about that that's um the, re the report is that there's gonna be a mls reserve league being announced um potentially tomorrow we're recording thursday night which i guess is cool like it's it's not it feels like it's not the best uh, move I'm, I'm sure there's some behind the scenes that you know this is why it is now because not all MLS teams are pulling out of champion uh, USL championship mm -hmm. um so it's not like a mandated league-wide thing that all these uh 
second teams are going to be in this reserve league now. So it's, it, there's some, I don't know, more to it that we, that we just don't know. Um, but this, you know, if the Union do play in the reserve league, my, my only concern is that I, I'd want to watch it, you know, because it was, it, it was fun watching the Union too, as you know, as much as they struggled, they're so young, but like had so much potential. So there, and there's some, you know, some, a lot of talent. So I, you know, we always are, you know, try to, you know, analyze the stuff from the fans' perspective. And, like, the, that my take is that I just want to watch these games. So I, I assume the MLS next reserve league thing, whatever, will have some sort of stream. But that's, like, my only concern because, you know, it's not a professional, I guess. Like, it's USL Championship was, like, a, a big thing. And there's a lot of other talented teams that Union went up against, or Union 2 went up against. So... It's, yeah, a, I don't know. It, it feels like a downgrade, so it's like, weird. They were, they're like seventeen-year-olds going up against, you know, men. And then what would this, what would this new reserve league? So it'd be like kids versus kids, basically. Yeah, I, I is that better for the team? Maybe is it not? I don't know. It, I, I don't know. And I wonder how like Tanner. I mean, I guess Tanner's probably the one making this decision right yeah and and maybe in like the long run this is better for the league that getting getting all these young prospects a lot of playing time and it's like just focus on that and it's probably better for usl championship in that they're it's only going to be like official teams and not these like scrapped together kids playing against teams that this is that's their their top team basically in whatever city that is. So I think for the USL it's probably best in the long run. I mean I guess we'd be happy for them because that's you know another American league that if we don't have an affiliate anymore we can still support as a uh, you know as American soccer. But it's I don't know it's a little concerning for Union too. So we'll see how it all pans out and hopefully you know more uh, comes out of it soon. Yeah yeah I wonder if like players are excited to be like. We're not gonna get beat six one for for nothing on like a weekly basis or whatever, yeah. but probably good. Um yeah. Um, all right, man. So I I'm afraid to ask you because I'm not really giving you any heads up. Any uh-huh. weekly eBay finds? Okay, yes. There's one. I'm trying to I think I saved it. Uh maybe not. Okay, it was a union onesie I saw. <laughs> like onesie like a pajama onesie? Yeah. And it was like ten bucks. And I almost bought it like for you or something. Oh yeah. I'm oh, and so was that like it was an adult size? It wasn't like a kid size. I don't know. It was an adult fucking one. I don't know if there was a size attached to it. It looks pretty funny. Um, but you know, it's a it's a rare find, I'd say. Yeah, I mean that that sounds very rare. Uh, cool, man. Cool. Well, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, if I'm able to get my hands on it. Um. Yeah, good for me. All right, man. So we got a New England game, weird lineup. Do you have a prediction? Um, right now, technically, according to our podcast note here, we're still tied on predictions. Neither of us are any good at them officially. So what are your thoughts on this New England game, a little Monday okay. night footy? Well, the, I mean, as we have as we are, are well aware of, Revs games, this, you know, the Liberty rivalry has not been very exciting. The Liberty rivalry, that's right. So, my, my shirt hasn't come in yet. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say it's a 1-0 game that the Union are going to win. Right, and it's going to be who you got scoring? 
Casper, he's going to finally, you know, end his little drought. That's actually weird because that's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm going to go 1-0, and I will go, um, I'll take the field, anyone but Casper. Okay, cool. Nah, I nah, I'll go uh, <laughs> Bedoya. No, just kidding, because he's not in. Um, gosh, I'll go Aronson. Nice, okay. I'll say he has a good game, gets in there. Cool play. Nice, man. Cool. And our celebrity guest, uh, Tommy Tinkertoy, says uh, 0-0. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? You all good? Yeah, I think that was good. I'm excited for the, the Revs game. It feels like first time we have a little bit of a break between games. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. To, I'm, I'm excited just to see, like, what players get to play on the field, basically, in that, in that middle spot. And, um, yeah. Maybe Burke. Uh, Maybe rumor has it. We, uh, tickets have been for sale for the next few games. Sounds like we'll be at um, at least one of the remaining home games, maybe a couple of them. So, yeah, yeah man. Uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll see some of you guys there. Um, but, yeah. Cool. Good job tonight, Luke. Well done, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Yeah, it was. It was. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. Keep wearing a mask and doing all that stuff. And most importantly, keep being good people. Bye-bye. <laughs>